All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. I mean, what can you even say? Number 97, magical on opening night for the Oilers. Of course we're starting with that on the lead. Let's go. What a night for number 97. Connor McDavid brings the crowd to their feet, not once, not twice, but a third time as he pops home the hat-trick goal into the empty net. Without a doubt, the biggest key to victory for the Edmonton Oilers was just a little bit of Connor McDavid magic. He finishes the game with four points. Not only did he score the hat-trick, he also got his 700th career point, and that was quite a milestone as well, being just the seventh player in NHL history to accomplish the feat in under 500 games. He's the sixth fastest NHLer to ever get to the 700-point mark. And if there's any doubt, well, you shouldn't be doubting anything. He's getting to 800 this year as well. That is a stone-cold mortal lock. McDavid will get 700 and 800 in the same year. Uh, But focusing on last night, he was just remarkable. He put the team on their back. They were sloppy early, very sloppy early. Bad pass from Dylan Holloway. Bad pinch from Darnell Nurse. Dumb penalty from Connor McDavid as well. Dumb penalty from Darnell Nurse as well. Um, the Oilers were just flat out not good. Down 2 nothing within three minutes of that hockey game. And the stats were, I mean, just as ugly. Like early in that game, they got outshot 14-8 to 
in the first period. They got outshot 14-7 in the second period as well, even though they started to score in the middle frame. Uh, all around, terrible, terrible start for the Oilers. But Connor McDavid says, hop on. I got it. And he delivers uh, scoring the late winner, scoring the empty netter. Like I said, neat little play from Evander Kane too. The little drop pass to let McDavid get the hat trick. And they spent what felt like 15 minutes cleaning up hats on the ice as well. I think uh, some of the Canucks were a little bit pissed off with how long it was taking and how many hats kept getting thrown out onto the ice. Uh, but McDavid, as you can see here, absolutely magical. Five point or five shots, four points. One of three NHLers to have a four-point night on uh, Wednesday evening as well. And the Vancouver Canucks absolutely blow it. Uh, Leon Drysaddle had himself a pretty solid night as well. Ho-hum, three points. I thought he made a couple of pretty sloppy defensive plays, but for the most part, Drysaddle was solid in his 21 minutes and 46 seconds of ice time as well. There is a lot to get to in this hockey game. I want to bring in Liam Horvin, though, and get uh, his take on the way things broke down last night. Liam, I'm asking people in the YouTube chat as well, the biggest standouts from that game. Who is who is the most important player outside of 97, in your opinion? Uh, I thought Hyman had a pretty good game for the Oilers last night, especially with how much, you know, the penalty kill. What was it? Eight power plays the Vancouver Canucks had. So I think you got to give credit to guys like Nugent Hopkins and Hyman for how well they played. But I mean, Jack Campbell, I don't think any of those goals were really his fault. And then when the Oilers went buzzing, he... He stood up. He even got a hit in the game. I mean, what more could you ask from a goalie, right? Like, he he played outstanding in his first game, and I think it gives some reassurance to what's to come in the future between the pipes for the Edmonton Oilers right now. Does he actually get credited with the hit? Like, is that something the league does? I have no idea. I don't know. I, they should. I mean, he literally body-checked him. So, I mean, yep. if you had that on one of your prop bets, Jack Campbell getting a hit, I'm sure that cashed out pretty nicely for everyone, but... I'll have a quick look here next time uh, you fade me away to see if that actually counted. But, I mean, why wouldn't it, right? Donnell Nurse would have done the same. It would have been a hit. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, we're going to get into the chat. As always, Oilers Nation every day is streaming live on the Nation Network YouTube, live on the Oilers Nation Facebook, and live on the Oilers Nation Twitter as well. But if you want to have your comment heard, you want to participate in the show you got to head to youtube get in on the youtube chat as always we are coming to you live from the sports closet studio three locations in that in the edmonton area kingsway mall st albert mall short park mall as well also how good did the edmonton oilers look in these bad boys last night i mean the royal blues it just feels right to have the team rock in the Royal Blues once again. And uh, you can pick up your own by heading over to Sports Closet. They have a full selection of Oilers gear and memorabilia. Let's turn our attention before we get to a few other things into the YouTube chat. Dylan says Dry and Soup both had rough starts, but solid finishes. Dry Settle, an absolute machine on the power play as well. Uh, Cam in a pizzeria says Ryan Murray looked good in his debut. I got some numbers about the D pairings that I'm going to dig into a little bit later on in the show. We're also going to be joined by Jason Greger in about five, six minutes here to get his thoughts on the game as well. Um, we're going to talk about Darnell Nurse too. I see that one from Flute as well. Uh, he also says Murray and Bush seemed like a weird pairing. They bobbled the puck a ton. I didn't love a lot of what I saw from the Oilers blue line last night, um, but let's get to Jack Campbell because John in the chat says Campbell fought back after a tough First, and I mean the Pedersen goal was the result of a almost directly the result turnover, um, and then and then we also had uh, JT Miller shot, which was interesting because some people didn't like that goal from JT Miller, but 
Mike McKenna on Daily Faceoff Live today gave some great breakdown. Him and Frank Saravalli were talking about uh, the comparisons between Matt Murray and Jack Campbell, two goalies who were making their regular season debuts with their new clubs last night. And while some people didn't like that Miller goal, McKenna kind of defended it. Here's the full clip from the show. Now, we can flip that the other direction and look at Jack Campbell. Now, I thought Campbell actually had a great game last night if you throw out the first 15 minutes or so, okay? Goal at Kuzmenko scores to start, start the second period, whatever, backdoor. But you look at the second period, here's JT Miller beating Campbell clean. Now, the key part of this, look where the puck goes in, look how little space. This is a great shot, just like Caulfield's, but I think that this is one where Campbell just gets beat clean. He's square, it's a close shot, but he didn't so you're okay give away with space one. like Murray did. I'm okay with this because I think it's going to happen throughout the year. As a goalie, we hate it, but I'm okay with this right now. The difference to me was Campbell's second period, Frank, was unbelievable. I mean, we're talking clean breakaway right after Kuzmenko's goal, another clean breakaway at the end of the period, several one-timers from Pedersen, clean shots through the slot. If he didn't make 13 saves in the second, I don't think they win. Connor McDavid said it afterwards that if Soup wasn't back, they're doing what he did. We don't get a chance to win. So... Yeah, uh, Soup was unbelievable. He stops 14 shots in the second period alone. 12 of them were considered scoring chances by natural Statric. Four of their attempts came from high danger areas as well. Um, and he only allowed the one goal, which was the backdoor tap in from Andre Kuzmenko. McDavid saying after the game that, yeah, without Soup, they're not winning that hockey game. Another thing McDavid said after the game was uh, that they did it for their buddy Ben. And uh, it was a really nice tribute by the Oilers to start the game as well. They played a little video on the screen for everyone honoring Ben Stelter, who of course passed away over the offseason. The diehard Oilers fan who uh, worked his way into the hearts of not just Oilers fans, not just oil country, but the entire hockey world. And of course, it all started there when he skated out onto the ice last season um, before the game. So uh, you knew the Oilers were thinking about him. I thought it was great that they did this it was great that the Oilers won and played La Bamba for Ben and it was great that Connor McDavid uh, gave him a little bit of recognition after the game as well so it was a solid night down at Rogers Place McDavid fantastic again the tribute to Ben was great Jack Campbell I thought had an impressive debut there is a lot to get to so let's uh let's bring in Jason Greger I see him he's roaring he's ready to go he is uh he's doing this from the car as well so welcome to Oilers Nation every day Gregor uh Connor McDavid three last night is he getting a 50 this year? Do you think that's going to happen? Oh, 100%. I thought at the start of the season, before the year started, I thought he would get there. He, uh, you know, you, if you look at him, he had 314 shots last year in, in 80 games. If you go back to 2017, you know, he had 216 in 82 games. He Every year, he started to shoot the puck more. Uh, he had five shots last night. You know, obviously, he's not going to, um, you know, score as frequently as he did, uh, you know, three out of every five. But... He's a special player, Tyler, and at how dominant he was in the playoffs last year, right? Like there's only Lemieux and Gretzky higher point per game in the playoffs when you play at least ten games, and he just continued that last night. And the thing was, McDavid, like the Oilers, wasn't at the top of his game to start. Like the Oilers were very sloppy in a lot of ways. You know that almost looked like an extension of the preseason, but last night McDavid's greatness, kind of like the Oilers in the '80s, but also for a Vancouver connection, the Sedins. Remember when Edmonton would dominate Vancouver and then the Sedins would score two power play goals on backdoor tap-ins and they'd win the game. And people, other fans would be like, 
geez, I thought we actually played okay. And I think that's what Vancouver was thinking last night. But Edmonton's elite skill is better. And Connor McDavid is the most elite skill player in the league right now. And I do believe he'll score 50. He says himself, and, and I think the numbers back it up, he's not like a a natural goal scorer like a Matthews or an Ovechkin. He feels he has to work a little bit harder for his goals, but he's just so smart. His speed creates, I think he shoots the puck more. I, I said at the start of the year, he's going to score over 50. And, and I last night uh, definitely just eases that. Now he's got to score 47 in 81 games. He scored 44 in, in 80 last year. So it's not like it's a massive increase. The first goal that the Canucks got was pretty much the direct result of a Dylan Holloway turnover. He came back hard, um, but it wasn't enough. Canucks find the back of the net, and then his usage fell off. Obviously, he started next to Leon Dreisaitl and really didn't get another shift in the top six after that. I think he ended with just over eight minutes time on ice. What did you think of Woodcroft's decision to kind of demote him right after that turnover? Because to me, I think... I think you could have given him a little bit more leash in what's his first NHL regular season game. I didn't love that they just went right back to McDavid and Drysaddle and demoted Holloway the second things took a wrong turn. Well, I, I think it was when it came to nothing that they changed it, right? Because if you recall, he left Holloway on the ice after the goal. Drysaddle came over hey, to him, gave him, hey, rookie, worry about it, right? And then the other thing is, though, what did the orders take? Eight penalties? Dylan Holloway doesn't kill penalties. He got completely taken out of the game because he's not a penalty killer. And he's not on the first unit power play. So I think that was the combination of things because they went to three lines and, you know, Holloway, was, like I've said all along, if Holloway's in your top nine and he's there regularly, he'll play. The amount of penalty kill is why he was down to eight minutes, I think, much more than the turnover itself. It was, you know, it was an errant pass because he was trying to make a play. If you look at that turnover, you know, sure, it's up the middle. You know, he, he didn't see Al, uh, Peterson coming in. And Peterson, to his credit, is, is a guy who reads the play very well. He's a smart player. He's good anticipation. And he anticipated where the rookie was going, right? You, you telegraph your pass in the NHL, you usually get busted. And so, yeah, I, I think Jay Woodcroft's minutes were more due to the, the, the amount of penalty kill that the orders had to do because they hadn't taken a penalty then, right? Then they took, Three, two more penalties in the first, then Darnell Nurse at the very end of it. Plus, they they went down two nothing, and right after they went down two nothing is when Woodcroft decided, okay, we're down two nothing here. Um, I'm going to go with my big guns, and he's allowed to do that because he actually has depth on his other lines. Yeah, and that's a good point as well. I thought even you know Nugent Hopkins at five on five had some decent numbers when he was on the ice, and he didn't get a lot of time obviously with the big guns because again they were together. Um, still, the Oilers. You know, they put up four shots on goal when he was on the ice. I guess they gave up seven as well. Speaking of the five-on-five five stats, what jumped off the page to me was Brett Kulak at five-on-five, five, outshot 12-to-1. Tyson Berry, same situation. We uh, had someone in the chat as well make a comment that they didn't love the Murray-Bouchard pairing. I thought they had some rough moments early. If you're Jay Woodcroft, do you keep running these pairings on Saturday against Calgary, or are you changing it up a little bit? Like, is this the best way to deploy this group of 60 men, in your opinion? Actually, I kind of like Murray and, and, and Bouchard. I, I didn't mind their game. Like, the orders were sloppy all around, right? Like, Ryan yeah. Murray, I thought, might have been better defenders. Now, Kulak and Barry were on the ice for lots of shots against. How many of them are really high-danger chances, right? Like, um, shot share can sometimes be misleading because it's from the outside. Um, you know, Barry and, and Kulak are, were very good in the playoffs for a long period of time. It's one game where that might have been the sloppiest first 40 minutes 
that the orders have played in a long time. Because in this in the third period, they only gave up six shots, right? They they finally figured out, okay, we're in the regular season here. Uh let's clamp down. And, and Vancouver really didn't get much accomplished offensively in the third period. But you give up 28 shots in the in the first two. And what did the orders have? 14? Like it's it wasn't a great look. There's no question about it. But I don't think Woodcroft's going to um going to panic at all because it wasn't like Barry and, and, and Kulak were making egregious errors shift after shift after shift that were leading to them spending a lot of time in their own zone. And that's another good point as well because they had seven five-on-five five shifts start in the D zone compared to just two in the neutral and two in the offensive zone as well. Before I let you go, this is something that was sent in yesterday and I want to get your opinion on it. It's, a, it's more of a big picture thing, obviously not related to the last night's game, but Philip Broberg comes into camp, and at least the talk over the summer, and even leading into training camp, was like, hey, he, he has a spot if he goes out and plays well in camp. He ends up going down to Bakersfield. Do you, do you get the sense that there's any concern about his ability to be an NHLer? Like, is it concerning that he couldn't crack this lineup out of camp this year? Or do you look at this as, you know what, he's only 21, it's still the right thing for him to go just log heavy minutes in Bakersfield and get more pro experience? The easiest way I'll say this is Oscar Kleffbaum at 21, Swedish defenseman, who had played the year before 17 games in the NHL and 48 in the minors, which is still more than the combined that Broberg played last year. His year, he came in at 21 years of age on a team that had missed the playoffs for eight consecutive seasons. He didn't make the team. He went down to the minors for nine games, and then he came up. Um, I look at uh, Philip Broberg on a team that went to the conference finals the year before. They're a better team. Um, you know, Ryan Murray, now granted, he didn't play in the Stanley Cup, but he was on a Stanley Cup winning team. You're on a deep team. You got more experience. I think they look at Broberg. I, Tyler, I won't be surprised that when the season's over, Broberg still played 40 to 50 games. Um, where you are to start isn't as important as where he'll finish. I think he'll get more experience. And it's really next season's probably the year. If Broberg isn't a regular in the lineup next year, then I think it's valid to, to be some concerns to say, okay, what's he going to be? Uh, he's still only played one year of pro hockey in North America. He only has 54 games of North American hockey under his belt. I, I'm not concerned at all. It's uh, I think that would be premature for people to think that, oh, oh, this means Philip Broberg isn't ready. Like, go look at how many years, like, junior hockey guys who grow up playing all their hockey in, in, in North America, in Canada, or the U.S., and they take time. You come over for the, the bigger ice and injuries. Yeah, I, I don't really have much concern with Broberg at all. I, I think this will, you know what? Competition's a good thing. This is going to show him, hey, guess what, man? If I want to make the NHL, I got to earn it. Not just because I'm a number eight overall pick. I'm going to have to earn it, and I'm going to have to play more consistent. And that's a good problem. Um, yeah, I like that line you had about it's not where you start, it's where you finish. Look at Ryan McLeod last year. That's guy who didn't make the team out of camp, and then he was scoring goals in the conference final for them, and he was a key part yeah. of the group in the playoffs. So uh, that's a great point as well. We got the Battle of Alberta on Saturday. You always have your predictions in the game day articles at Oilers Nation. So I'm going to ask you, over, under, one and a half scraps in the Battle of Alberta Saturday night. Oh, wow. There's 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 no Kachuk, so there's, you know, there's not the right. Nat factor. Like, Edmonton doesn't like Kane will fight Lucic. Does he really want to? Right? Like, does he need to? That's that's kind of the issue. When I look at the guys on Calgary that will fight, Nurse and Kane don't really want to be fighting Lucic and Brett Ritchie. So, and, and I, now I would love it if there's a few middleweight tilts. Right? Sign me up for something like that. So, sadly, the Battle of Alberta. I'm going to go under. 
for that. But uh, whatever the line is on goals, it's probably going to be six and a half. I'm going to go over. I think it's going to be high scoring. The Oilers have, they have eaten Jacob Markstrom. They've stolen his lunch money for years for whatever reason. Like he dominates everybody except the Edmonton Oilers. And, you know, McDavid, he loves, loves playing Calgary. So I think Edmonton, they got the win on, on Wednesday. They were very sloppy. They will uh, they will tighten things up at practice tomorrow. Uh, it'll be a, a very attentive film worm, and I think it'll be a very exciting Saturday night. Uh, the only negative tie, there's only three meetings all year between these two teams. This is the only meeting in Edmonton, and it happens on the first weekend of the season. Crazy. Such a joke. Uh, Mike in our YouTube chat loves your glasses. Everyone is loving your analysis, Greg. Thanks for joining us today. Ty, anytime, buddy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, let's get to the wrap and get to some comments here. Big shout out to Jason Greger, who you can catch on the DFO Rundown with Frank Saravalli Mondays and Fridays. Find it wherever you get your podcasts from. I asked him over under one and a half tilts in the BOA. Jilly says over. Kane and Kadri is a given, right? That's the one I'd have my eye on. I uh, Kane and Kadri, remember in the conference finals, Kane almost took Kadri out for the rest of the playoffs. There's some. There's still enough bad blood in this Battle of Alberta that I don't think two tilts is like super out there if i actually had to bet on it i think i might go under but obviously i think like a lot of you i'm hoping for a couple of tilts why not why not and yes mike's vhs treasures says uh jason's glasses are amazing jason is known for his uh sense of fashion as well what else we got going on in the chat alan says royal blue was so good it's unbelievable like the vibes in the arena if you listen to the pods you know i'm a big vibes guy the vibes go up tenfold when they're rocking those royal blues. It just feels right that they're wearing these bad boys again. And the whites are unbelievable as well. I can't wait to see them on the road for the first time in those crispy whites as well. Uh, Alan Kramer, got to get soup a shirt just like we did for Stu. Absolutely. Soup and stew shirts. Nationgear.ca. Speaking of nationgear.ca, how about the fact that we sold out our Vegas trip already? Unbelievable. We were going to Vegas in January. 
to catch the Oilers game. It's going to be an unbelievable weekend, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at AMA Travel. We have some other exciting trips coming this season as well. And it's all courtesy of our friends over at AMA Travel. Also, if you head to Nation Gear right now, you can get yourself tickets to uh, our watch party on Saturday, which is down at Soho Yank. It's going to be a good time. And how about this for a deal? 25 bucks gets you your ticket. And with that ticket, you get a t-shirt. You get some GCs from our sponsors. You also get a chance to win some sweet prizes because your ticket gets you entries into the into the prize draws as well. You can buy more entries, all that kind of stuff. There's also going to be an ACDC tribute band there, which I think is absolutely hilarious as well. Um, so yeah, the Nation Vacation to Vegas is sold out. Shout out to AMA Travel. If you want to get in on a fun event this weekend, though, down at Soho, it is our official Oilers Nation watch party. Tickets start at $25. Let's bring back in our boy Liam Horbin. We're going to get to our, uh, you want to, let's get to Betway bets right now. Let's get into it, Liam. Uh, how'd you do yesterday? We hit the puck line and we were one away, I believe, on Nugent Hopkins' shot prop. So, not bad. An, an okay way to start the season, 50 50. But tonight we've uh, obviously no Oilers game. We've had to mix in a few others. And one that I like actually is the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs to bounce back in their home opener against Washington. Really? I got them on the puck line there. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know what? Those home openers, they make a difference. And I, I think Toronto, especially after last night, is pretty embarrassed after the loss. So I'm going to go back to Toronto. Plus 110 on the puck line. And also, I'm going to take Colorado. I mean, I know it's Calgary's home opener too, but whenever you can get the Stanley Cup champions uh, plus money, I mean, you've kind of got to take it. And to go with Toronto, I'm going to go with Austin Matthews to score two or more points plus 137. Austin Matthews, two plus point. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind that because he he wasn't great last night in that game against Montreal. I don't hate no. the Leafs puck line. Ilya Samsonov revenge game between the pipes. Frank Cervalli thinks Sam Sonov is going to take over as the starter there before like the halfway point of the season or something. So I like uh, I, I I don't hate the Leafs bet. Washington's on the second of back-to-backs too, and a little bit more travel involved, I guess. So don't hate it. Uh, Colorado second of back-to-backs, but they're an absolute wagon. I don't hate them. That's not where I'm going for my bets today, though. I share them every day on uh, Daily Faceoff Live, which you can watch at 10 o'clock or 10 a.m. Mountain Time every day. I'm taking Vegas on the spread minus one and a half. Um, that seems like a lock. They're playing a Chicago team that needs to fly in to Vegas as well. Vegas in their home opener seems like a great spot. I'm going over in Ottawa, Buffalo, set at six and a half, and I'm taking a Claude Giroux assist. Those are my three bets so far on the year. I'm three and one, so we're up money, feeling good. Uh, McDavid scored last night, so my night last night was a wash because I also had a Toronto Edmonton parlay. And it was damn Maple Leafs didn't come through for me, but uh, Vegas on the puck line. Ottawa Buffalo over six and a half. Giroux Apple. Those are my three best bets for this evening. Don't parlay them. Play them straight up because I'm pretty confident I'll get two. But I'm not super confident. Three picks, pretty hard. That's your betting report uh, for today's show brought to you by our friends over at Betway. Heading into the chat, Euler fan. Broberg will get a call up when a D-man goes down. I actually think he might be jumped on the... I, I know Niemalainen might come up at some point here, um, but I think he might have been jumped by Niemalainen. Like, I think if if Kulak or a Murray were to go down with an injury, I think it would be Niemalainen who gets the minutes over uh, or who gets the call up over a guy like Broberg right now. Again, like Gregor said, I liked his comparison to Clefbaum. That's something I hadn't really thought to look back and see. Like, 
He's 21. He's barely played in North America. North American ice is hard for a young defenseman to adjust to. There's nothing wrong with Broberg going down and playing 20 to 25 minutes a night in Bakersfield and getting to work on, on the game at the pro level a little bit. Um, nothing wrong with that at all. I know it's frustrating when you look back at that draft. And it's like, oh, Zegris and oh, Caulfield scored twice last night. He went after Broberg as well, but I just don't think you can look at it like that. Like the pick's done, the pick's made. I've always said that where a player is drafted is a, needs to be irrelevant the second they put the jersey on. You can't just sit there and be like, well, we have to keep Broberg in because he's a top 10 pick. Kind of like last season, you know, Owen Power was the first overall pick. He still went back, right? In the past, it was always, no, first overall pick, stay in the lineup. I think teams are changing the way they uh, they view, the, view prospects a little bit. And like, yeah, Broberg's an eighth overall pick. Treat him the same as if he was a third round pick. Like you wait until he's properly developed. Wait until he's really knocking down the door and then give him a spot. Don't just gift him places in the lineup because you're like, oh shit, Trevor Zegris is doing like cool stuff behind the net with the puck in the air. Like we need to have Broberg in the lineup. I just, I, I don't, I don't vibe with that at all. Um, checking on the chat. A lot of people going under for the tilts tomorrow in the BOA. Uh, Ray... Ray Ban Man 72, hell of a name. Nurse and the $5,000 fine, warranted? Absolutely warranted. Um, it was a late hit at the end of the period. I thought it was dumb. There's, especially when you were losing, like we can take the, the fine. I really don't give a shit if you got fined. Um, but taking that penalty when he did was just dumb. Same period where he took a, made a stupid pinch that cost him a goal too. Dumb. Can't do stuff like that. I mean, the whole team, there was a lot of dumb going on in that first period last night. The whole team was just sloppy, sloppy. McDavid's penalty, I thought, was dumb too. Um, but Nurse with those two bad plays, but he makes up for it and he scores a big goal. <laughs> so he buries a short-handed goal that ties the game in the second period and all's kind of forgotten. That's my $9 million defenseman. Big shorty. Great pass from Drysaddle. Nurse fired at home like he's a 50-goal guy. Maybe Nurse scores 50 goals this year. Who knows? Um, there were a bunch of Vancouver fans. I wanted to get this off my chest. Um, bunch of Vancouver fans pissed about the non-call. Evander Kane gets a stick up on Quinn Hughes, although, I mean, Quinn Hughes kind of just like skated into him. I, I didn't think it was that egregious of a call, but anytime a stick catches a guy in the face, it usually does get called. Refs miss it. Oilers score right after. Canucks fans, livid. Can't believe it. Your team had eight power plays in the hockey game. You went one for eight with the man advantage. Not only did you go one for eight with the man advantage, you gave up a shorthanded goal and your penalty kill gave up three goals on only four attempts. The power plays were eight four in favor of Vancouver and Canucks fans are going to say the reason they blew a three goal lead is because of one missed call on Quinn Hughes. Oilers power play was probably going to score anyways. So there's also that, but oh my God, it was it was borderline hilarious to see them complaining about it because, again, you blew a three-goal lead to a team that had no business winning that hockey game. They only put up 25 shots on goal. And, yeah, Flute says, I saw a Van Media guy blaming the refs for the loss. What are you blaming the refs for? That you didn't get a ninth power play that you surely would have missed on as well? Oh, that <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. Like, you blow a big lead. Your Vesna caliber goalie isn't Vesna caliber. 833 save percentage. You don't score a goal in the final 39 minutes and 21 seconds. Your Chuck math. And you're going to be like, oh, the missed call on Quinn Hughes in front of the net. That's the reason we lost. Ugh. The refs have it out. The refs always want to gift it to McDavid. Mm -hmm. Sergeant Battle. It's okay. Calgary fans were also mad about that from what I saw. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Again, like McDavid doesn't get the calls 
all the time. McDavid's getting called. The cross-check warranted. The other one I thought was ticky-tack on 97. Um, and again, for a game to in a game where it was 8-4 in the power plays, for the media and the fans of Vancouver to be like, oh, the reason we lost was a missed call on Queen Hughes or whatever. Lame. Uh, John's in with his best bet. Debrinket over three shots tonight. I like that one. Debrinket loves to rip the pill. Our producer, Alex Allard, is a big-time Sens fan. So I know he'll be happy if I... He also told me that I should have mixed in a Debrinket goal to go along with my Giroux assist. I said, I'm not getting quite that bold, but I don't think it's a terrible idea. I like the over in that game, though. Debrinket over three shots. I'll ride with you on that one, too, John. That's a good one. Kylie. Yes, Kylie. Okay, we're wrapping up the show with this. Kylie thinks she might have an extra S for my studio, for my sports closet studio sign. Stop the GoFundMe, Liam. Pause it. We might not need to buy one. Kylie could potentially have an S for us to use in the sports closet studio. That's the biggest news of the whole show. It's bigger than anything that happened last night. We finally, finally put together our studio. Yes. (laughs) I can't say that. Um, All right. We're going to wrap this thing up. Sorry. I read a comment in the chat that made me laugh. Uh, Oilers win 5-3. Play La Bamba, baby. They somehow squeaked that one out after being down 3-0. What an opening night it was for the Edmonton Oilers. And next up, on deck, Battle of Alberta. How about that? Shout out to our guy Jason Greger for stopping in with some excellent uh, analysis from inside his Volvo. Shout out to Liam for the betting picks as well. We'll get on a heater here, Liam. I believe in you. Shout out to our technical producer, Alex Lard. Shout out to everyone in the chat as well. Flute says this was fun. I agree. We should do it again tomorrow on Oilers Nation every day from the Sports Closet Studio tomorrow noon. We'll talk then. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.